Welcome to episode 14 of Spiritful Wanderings. Today we have a conversation with Christina Gwyneth Hamil on attunement. Christina has a background in cranial sacral therapy and she works with families in post and perinatal care and she has a lot of experience with developmental trauma and healing. Courtney, Christina, and I had a very in-depth conversation with a few interruptions. Our internet was not behaving very well. We live rurally, and we did the best we could with the edits. I hope you enjoy the podcast. In my work and in my life, I'm I'm using like that word attunement is like my, it's kind of my check-in word. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. And I also have a love of words. So it was just kind of interesting that when you sent that out, like immediately the word attunement popped into my head. And then I just thought, um, well, this is, this is a tool um, that, we use all the time and we were probably not always aware of it. Um, but yeah, I just thought it's, it's a time where if we do become more aware of it, we can actually probably get more out of it um, to not just, you know, serve ourselves in certain situations that are maybe kind of um, sticky or, um, we feel maybe stuck or we, we feel like we're not on the same wave as, as somebody else or even like trying to figure out what we want ourselves. Um, yeah, so I just felt like I think so many people are feeling that right now. Like there's just so much uncertainty and I love how attunement is really just a moment by moment check-in. Yeah, yeah. I love that too. And like, yeah, moment to moment check in. Mm, Like, um, it makes me think of like a moment to moment awareness of what what's happening for self and for other and the field between. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Honest to it and the power of that I notice um, for myself in my work or in relationship when I take the time I've been thinking of it as like to calibrate to the other person's nervous system the other person's energy feel like actually taking the pause to intentionally like tune into them and allow my system to like feel them and meet them that the level of attunement seems to become so much deeper than if I sort of like I'm hurrying along yeah (laughs) and not bringing it into awareness yeah yeah. yeah, I I love how what you're describing. Um, I I feel I feel the same as well. But I, I what I felt when you were just describing that is this this slowing down that happens to like as mm-hmm. soon as we can do that, and if we are in that process of recalibrating, we're obviously slowing down. We can't recalibrate if we if we haven't. And so it's an invitation, you know, to really slow down. And um, I, I just appreciate that so much, whether it's just 
you know, myself running around trying to get a million things done before I start my work day to, you know, there's, you know, a look on my daughter's face that is telling me something. Am I going to just keep doing what I'm doing or am I going to stop and, you know, check in with her heart field and, you know, slow down and sink in and see if I can pick up what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) So we get to show up for ourselves and then we get to show up for, you know, the people we care about. And even if it's a stranger, that's there are moments where we, we come home and that moment of tuning with it sounds like the highlight of our day so yeah I love that word recalibrate it's just like chance to kind of rewind a little bit and then take a break and then be like okay so what do I need in this moment (laughs) what does this other person need in this moment yeah I really I really love how you use the word heart field Mm heart field and hmm, just have, hold a curiosity about that, about how the heart field is sort of, is this almost like a tune, that's where we tune in or something. That's where we feel each other. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think we, you know, we get that from, well, as early as the prenatal womb space with the heartbeat of our mother and, of course, our own heartbeat. Um, yeah, there's just there's something about that heart field that is like a compass and it can really help us find our way, help another person find their way. Yeah. It's a great space to hang out in. Yeah, and how interesting that the word has tune in it, like a yeah. like a, a frequency. I was thinking of it like we're each singing a song, and there's sort of like the song that is our soul, and then the song that is whatever we're going through in the moment or whatever is moving through us. You know, these two. Yes. <laughs> there's like there's like the sound of my being and then the sound of my present moment experience, which could be. I love that. So many different things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I really feel what you're saying. It's, um, it's so true. It's so clear. And I, I love how they can be together. Like the attunement is this, welcoming of the two existing at the same time that one doesn't have to be sacrificed Mm, I like that a lot (laughs) (laughs) I like that a lot this Rochelle is a discovery isn't it yeah it is I know I just felt this I Rochelle it makes me feel how much of your work with kids is you tuning into them Uh to then to then create their learning but it's based on their frequency or what you're attuning to 
Yeah, yeah. So, oh my, there's so much attunement in that. I mean, I'm really working a lot with the parents as well so that they're noticing their levels of attunement. So a lot of it is helping parents to know how to facilitate sustaining the curiosity of their children. I think ultimately the goal of attuning to your child is that they feel safe and understand that the world is safe. They can move through their learning with wonder and curiosity and your attunement is what's keeping them, you know, from say, you know, going too far here or they need encouragement here because they're shutting down here. Like the more that the parents are paying attention, the more that they offer to the child, yes, the world's a safe place. You can guide your learning. You can move through life safely and in that sense of wonder. I think a lot of my job is just helping parents navigate that so they're not compromising the child's sense of wonder through their own over or underreacting, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a, it reminds me of, um, well, as soon as we bring in the, the parents into the picture, it's like a, it's like a quartet, you know, before you were talking about, you know, our soul self and then what's existing in the moment and these attuning together and then talking about the parents. She said this beautiful thing about the orchestra, about orchestra, the orchestra of all of the different people coming into attunement. Well, and this is what's so fascinating about being in groups. It's yes. like, I love facilitating groups. And it's this fascinating thing where you bring together and at first you feel it. It's arriving and there's sort of all these different frequencies and all these different tunes. Yeah. And, and it's, it's kind of this, what we were saying before about this, there's almost like two different waves that move together. And one is, each being's sort of energy that they bring to the group that is diverse and unique. And then there's also this very fascinating group unity or group frequency that starts to form. And I always marvel at that every group that I'm a part of always has a different sense or a different vibration or a different field. And that each of those fields brings out a slightly different quality in me, depending on sort of what the tune is. And I remember for a long time being curious about that, like sort of having the sense like that I should have like this kind of static self that's always the same. And like in some ways there is that in there, but in another way, like that group attunement is where parts of me get discovered or held based on the, the song that's being sung you know oh and that's so exciting yeah right, right yeah I know it's true I think maybe that's why in a way though some people are scared and maybe they don't know you know that that's what they're scared of is that they're going to discover something about themselves in a group but it's the group dynamic and the co-attunement that is like an avenue for that to come forward and to 
mm-hmm. to exist as part of you know who you are who I am if I'm in a group and am I willing to accept this part of myself and maybe nurture that part of myself so she shows up more often (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think this is good what you're speaking to the fear that can come up in that place because it sort of requires a level of like what Rochelle was saying like the willingness the curiosity the Um, because in a way there's like a surrendering to what that group field is going to yeah there's a surrendering to the process of attunement like the second we attune to another um, we are changed yeah you know not that we not that we lose ourselves but we're changed because there's this new third energy and um, yeah I think that that is something that hasn't necessarily been spoken of in a healthy way in our Mm-hmm. culture um that the the collective you know because we've been in such an individualistic society that really that has valued that but like this valuing I think of like in collective cultures where that collective field is really valued too mm-hmm. and our capacity to move in that collective field is is part of us being whole you know oh yeah absolutely that feels yeah. That feels really accurate about, you know, what uh, the gifts that come from being in a group. And like you were saying, Rochelle, when, when we can really live more in the wondering, then not only do we sort of surrender to possibility, but there's, um, there's also uh, likely opportunity for play. And we Mm. often, you know, forget that this is also part of attunement, you know, to have a a playful self that can, you know, um, sense what's happening with, well, if it's me or if it's a child, for instance, Um, I ran a, a Waldorf daycare for 10 years. So I have a sense of, I have a really good sense of what you're talking about, Rochelle. Yeah. And I have to say it was, it's like one of the biggest joys of being around children is this kind of like, oh, you know, um, yeah, I can have a sort of structure here that are the landmarks for the day, but between that, anything can happen, you know, anything wondrous and wonderful is possible if, uh, well, especially when, when I slow down and attune mm-hmm. and those yeah, and little moments of eye contact and. Oh. Yeah. And that's a big job with the group, right? Like to, yeah. to tune. And, you know, I mean, probably one of the main reasons that we decided to do learning from home with our kids is because I had this fear that um, how can a teacher attune <laughs> When there's 30 some odd kids in the class, like how can they really know those subtle expressions on that child's face or those movements that mean this or indicate that? And I just felt like, you know, we can do that. But in a large group, like that's a really big job for a teacher. And you even wonder whether the teacher is making space for that. Yeah, it is a good question. In my experience, it's, it's possible, 
but more it's more possible to sustain it in in a bigger group if there's been an opportunity to connect one-on-one and have attunement Mm -hmm. and then to come Mm -hmm. back into the group Um, so I remember uh, when my daughter went to Waldorf school there was always a teacher home visit and uh, in the kindergarten there was like an open door policy so as a parent I could come in and you know, roll a ball of wool and just kind of participate, but get to sort of feel what what's happening here for my daughter, what she needs, or the connection point. Yeah, Mm -hmm. those one in those one on one opportunities, I think, help to cultivate Mm -hmm. the possibility of holding a larger group and being able to attune. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes me think of when I'm leading workshops, how important it is at the beginning to make eye contact with each person, to have a, a moment where we're feeling like to really connect with each person individually before, because then I like have, a, it's almost like I have a felt knowing of them inside myself as we're moving through. And it's like now we we have a shared wavelength or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because yeah. attunement brings us into attachment where, you know, how do we come into connection and actually um, very importantly, how do we come out of um, being in connection? Uh, usually the coming in is one that's quite practiced, but the, but the going out of connection doesn't seem to get a lot of practice and so we can feel easily cut off so it's like you know it's like if if the person is attuning and then all of a sudden you're like unplugged from them it's just so rapid mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you know like yeah I I try to use words um, especially when I'm working with children or um, big trauma yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I really, I say like, I just, um, I'm going to be shifting my attention over here mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I just need to move this pillow for you or actually my arm isn't comfortable. I need to move positions. So they don't feel like I've suddenly unplugged from my attunement. They feel like I'm still attuning. Mm-hmm. Um, but like mm-hmm. I said earlier on, it's almost like they don't know until they're actually feeling it. And then even then, do we put words to that? Usually, probably not. We might just feel like, uh, we might say like, oh yeah, I just had that warm, fuzzy feeling with that person. Or I just felt really Mm -hmm. heard or I felt really seen or. I love how you're getting into the really nitty gritty details of attunement. this is awesome. <laughs> because I mean, that's, yeah. that's so key. And I mean, my somatic therapist does that with me where she's like, I'm just shifting to the left because my hip's uncomfortable. And I'm always just like, ah, oh, thank you. Thank you. Like she's just staying with me the whole time. And it's just, imagine if we did that in our day-to-day lives, <laughs> interactions, like just how much more love and empathy and care Well, yeah, I think, you know, I mean, f- go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, this is something that I've been delightfully discovering. And it's funny, I was just thinking about this this morning when I was driving is 
I'm finding my relationships more harmonious um, lately. And really what has changed is just how much I'm articulating why I'm doing what I'm doing and whatever I'm doing. And it's so simple because like, I'm literally just taking what is inside and putting it into words. Yeah. But I've been astounded at how much it has changed my relationships and and also noticed how often people are like, oh, you don't need to tell me that. Or like there can be this like um, sort of like for people that can seem strange that I'm doing it, but how I keep doing it and how much it just clears up funny stuff in the field. And it yeah. just helps like everything land. And it's actually it's so simple because I'm literally just putting words to what's inside. Yeah. And yet it's like this magic thing that just allows for I suppose this is attunement I hadn't thought of that word but it allows for I guess it allows I mean I'd be interested Christina to hear you speak about this because on some level when we're babies words are not necessarily necessary but when I think of what when we use words what we're doing is we're sort of being very clear with intention and energy it feels like and we're sort of like considering the other person's experience so my sense is it helps bring in an integratedness to how we're relating but I love to hear what your thoughts are about that yeah I I feel like you're speaking a little bit to what we are familiar with as accurate reflection in a way it's like you're taking a moment to do yourself accurate reflection um and when we drop into that, there's an opportunity, well, immediately we're slowing down. Uh-huh. You know, as soon as we take a pause, as soon as we slow down and get closer and closer to pausing, we can probably get to, you know, an, uh, an, uh, an essence of what's going on and, and make an attempt to accurately reflect our current feeling or our current experience or discomfort, whatever it may be. Um, How wonderful when we're surrounded by people who are so interested and, you know, Mm -hmm. willing to also slow down and listen, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. It can be hard, though, because, um, you know, if we if we think about not everyone started off the same way. And uh, that, that early um, experience, you know, if we didn't uh, have that attunement, like one of the first would be just the discovery, you know, to, to have been conceived, but then, you know, how, what is the attunement towards us when our parents discover they're pregnant, um, that they're, they've, you know, the test says positive. And so what is that first experience of attuning to us as a, as an embryo or um, a fetus? And then that, you know, that can change, you know, even if it's an unplanned pregnancy and the parents at first might be like, oh, wasn't sure I was ready to (laughs) go that route right now in my life. Um, but then again, what, what can bring us to maybe some new choices is, is attuning and having those mm-hmm. self-check-ins, checking in with the partner, um, and, and even just talking to the baby. Like, 
I'm, I'm sorting some stuff out right now. So that's attuning to the baby needing to know that maybe I'm not fully on board right now, but I'm, but I'm, I'm trying to organize my, myself in my heart and in my head. So yeah, it starts early, but if we've never had that, it's mm-hmm. like learning a foreign language. It's, it's harder to, you know, to feel like it's a natural thing to do. Yeah. It, it almost feels like in that case, um, attunement becomes about like, and this is what I was thinking is attunement becomes about just noticing how we're not attuning yeah. <laughs> or, you know, like, no, like it's kind of like the attunement is more, okay. I'm, I'm attuning to the fact that I'm not attuning or, okay, like I'm, I'm attuning to the fact that I'm frozen or I'm attuning to the fact that I'm really out of sync with what's going on around me or, you know, and, and, and I mean, in, in this is a form of attunement in the journey, in the journey. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, uh, well, I think you, you are familiar with one of the terms for that because Myrna taught me that it's the naming. Mm -hmm. Every time you're saying, like what you just said, those are, those are, you're naming what's going on. And that is a form of attunement, right? Yeah. Well, and I think of like, for me, when I'm attuning to others, I mean, I've been on this journey of myself in so many ways, but I've, one of the things that I, I have found challenging at times of attuning to others is if I'm attuning to another and there's not a lot of information, you know, I'm like feeling them, but they look really flat or there's just like a lot of numbness and um, learning, learning to recognize, ah, even noticing that is part of the attunement, yeah. you know, like even noticing, oh, I'm not getting a lot of information or I'm not, I'm not feeling a lot in my body in response to them or, um, because there's sort of the delight of attunement when we're feeling each other in this deep way and discovering, you know, the felt sense, or we're getting to like be in the juiciness. But then I, I find the hardest part of attunement is when, we're not getting a lot mm-hmm. or just, kind of, just a lot of numbness or just a lot of fuzziness. And it's like, Oh, yeah. sometimes that's the part of attunement that can be really like the sticky, the sticky part, the sticky part. Yeah. Gordon Neufeld talks about being defended. And I think that's maybe what mm. you're talking about is the possibility of over time. Um, we, we can build these, the sort of defense system where we, we literally become mostly defended. And so we're not really accessible anymore. Um, and, and that, that is really hard to, um, you know, to invite that situation into attunement. But like you said, um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's all baby steps. And the most important thing is just recognizing that that, that's what's happening right now, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and maybe an invitation gets made with that person. Um, Cause often that defendedness um, starts to kind of um, crumble away safely. You know, a person doesn't want to feel like they're crumbling apart, but that there's this opportunity sort of changing while this is shifting Um is through touch. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, would it be okay if I, you know, touched your foot with my foot or, you know, we, we do that in the birth processing workshops and, 
it's like uh, it's just a way to help the person feel themselves through touch. And then maybe, you know, there's something that just, not that we have an agenda to change the situation, because mm-hmm. then we're out of attunement right away if we have an agenda. <laughs> it's like, forget it. <laughs> Everyone feels agendas get sniffed out so fast. You oh, yeah. know? It's like, don't even bother. <laughs> especially yeah. the de- well, defended one will sniff it out very quickly <laughs> I think so uh, yeah yeah well and then the way like I know for me as a, a t- somatic therapist using touch um when it's when it's hard to put words to what's happening or things feel kind of blurry or fuzzy for them in that way it's like almost like it opens up a whole other field of information without that doesn't need words yeah I actually, uh, yeah. I did this yeah. little. <laughs> I did this earlier today. So Christina's showing us a chart, a little a chart about attunement. Yeah, just a very spontaneous one that I just decided to do. The observing on there, definitely. Yeah. And I think somewhere there... Can you read some of the words, Christina? Sure. Um, The reason I brought it up to the screen is because of what you just said. Um, The essence, you know, to get to the essence of maybe what's needed in this moment, um, you can skip the excess words and just go right to the senses, you know, like like touch being a a, a really big helper Mm -hmm. in these moments. But yeah, I have... um, I have attunement in the middle and I have, you know, just clarified that attunement is, is not just for other, not just to, you know, be in touch with other people or in tune with other people, but also to be in tune with oneself. And then around that, I have um, observing awareness, mindfulness, listening, um, having a genuine interest in the other you know, um, dialing in, we use that expression, I think, sometimes dialing into what, what, how the other person is feeling, or what's going on for them, for ourselves. And I did talk about healthy attachment, you know, how, how do we come in to connection and how we come away from connection and you talked, you mentioned, um, I think both of you have may, may have said the word harmony a few times. And yeah, so that, that came too. And, um, and a little uh, craniosacral word, dynamic stillness, that there can be this place of pause, slowing down and pause. But even in that stillness, there's, there's still like... Mm-hmm a little movement happening. It's, it's not like this dead calm, you know, it's, it's dynamic stillness. Mm. It's like, it's alive. There's like life to it. Yeah. 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 And then yeah. something I felt that was, I think, you know, cause we love in holistic work to focus on um, what is a resource or what, you know, can support us, what can um, sort of accentuate the health that's there instead of 
always focusing on, you know, maybe what's wrong or what's not working um, is, you know, what, what are the things that cultivate attunement? And we did talk about how touch can help cultivate attunement. Um, and I thought super important to mention nature because <laughs> I think we just naturally mm. do that. Like when we're outside in a forest, we, unless we're the type of person that's got the head to the ground, although you might like today, I saw a ginormous snail on my trail walk and it was like, Oh, I'm so glad I looked down in that <laughs> moment and did not step on you. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, there's, there's so many opportunities to be in attunement when you're out in nature. I think it's, it's a great way to exercise that a little bit. Yeah, I find nature is mm. just such a potent way for me to connect into myself, to attune to myself. It's like sometimes it can be the only true mirror that there is for my authentic self. So. I really value that. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of sweet to think of, like, because I hadn't, I to use that word for that is like, yeah, like how often people talk about, oh, I want to, I just go for a walk and I feel better. Or, oh, I just, and I get information and it's like, right, this is because we're attuning. Mm -hmm. we're, we're being, and we're being attuned with, we're being attuned with. And does it ever yeah. feel good? Uh-huh. Well, and it makes me think of this word coherence, which is such a big part of attunement, yeah. which is, you know, in, in a, nature tends to be in a coherent, there's a coherentness to it, which allows our, us to um, tune into our own coherence, mm -hmm. you know, and coherence meaning that everything is sort of, things are moving together mm -hmm. in a coherent, organized way. And um, for humans, where the incoherence comes in is when there's been a lot of trauma. And so what can be such a challenge to attunement when we're attuning with other people is these layers of incoherence that can be very confusing for our nervous systems when we're trying oh, to yeah. attune to someone. And there's lots of incoherence or disorganization or or we might be tuning into someone's field and we're feeling like seven different things happening. And it's like, whoa. And then it, it triggers anything in us. That's not, yeah, <laughs> not it working coherently and can create a lot of, a lot of confusion, which is, is, is the challenge. It feels like of us humans, because of course we are designed to be coherent beings and to be in coherence with, you know, nature and each other. But there's sort of this like, journey of refinding that place together it feels yeah and I'd love to know more about what um, you do Christine to help with that for Courtney mm -hmm. because um, I mean to me it feels like that's really important work in the world right now and you know as someone who I came into the world in a pretty incoherent fashion <laughs> and have had to do a lot of the really deep trudging big steps heavy steps sometimes to clear away what what happened in early childhood to find how to attune and that can be really difficult sometimes for me I know many people so I just have to hear more about someone who's seeking to learn that 
what kind of steps can they take and what do you offer? Yeah, I think one of the things that I feel I can share because I, I practice it myself is, um, well, first of all, eye contact. Um, when we when we get to have an eye contact with another that is a an eye contact that is more of like a soft gaze um then we are we are actually raising oxytocin levels not just in ourselves but in the field so if we have children in the picture they're also benefiting from that oxytocin um, surge that's happening from from this you know, brief, it's, it's really about brief and frequent eye contact. Mm -hmm. And often, mm -hmm. um, w this is a bit tricky for some people at first, if they didn't ever have that initial gaze from their mom when they were born, um, which is usually what happens when, you know, if the, if the baby is placed on the mom skin to skin, she has an opportunity to look at her baby and to look into her baby's eyes and this is, you know, a true awakening of the social engagement nervous system that like you were talking about earlier, um, Courtney, where, you know, what happens if, if, if there's confusion, like we are trying to read this person or this person is trying to read the room and there's just all these kind of, um, you know, and sometimes it's like that you're trying to high five, but it's like the high five gets missed. And this, this can happen if we have repeated trauma, like these people can really struggle with not just attuning with themselves, but I think what they struggle with a lot is how to attune with other people. And another mm -hmm. tool I have is mm -hmm. I, my little self check-in, you know, if I'm suddenly feeling my nervous system amping up, I just call a pause for myself and I ask, you know, what do I need in this moment? Do I need a glass of water? You know, do I need to pee? Do I need to go outside and get some fresh air? You know, do I need to go and have a nap or do I need to call a friend or, you know, whatever it may be. And it can, it can sometimes not feel like the, what we want to do to meet the need can happen in the moment. But that also exercises, um, you know, our, our opportunity to work with maturation. So we can say, okay, I really do need a bath, but I can't do that right now. So I'm going to make sure I have a bath before I go to bed tonight. And then my nervous system is like, oh, thanks for making that a priority for mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. You know, do you have some, some, practices that you get yeah well out. one that came to mind yeah one, one of that came to mind for me is they call it, in somatic experiencing they call it tracking for coherence oh. and so what that means is is no matter how incoherent someone's system is there always is is coherence because yeah. if there wasn't coherence we would we would be dead yeah. you know like there's it's like our heart is beating our lungs are breathing there's there's things that are working together and so this can be so powerful and what I always am amazed at is the the gift we can bring 
<clears throat> in bringing awareness to what is coherent. So for both ourselves and others. So what that looks like is, is if we're attuning to ourselves and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed and there's this happening and there's that happening and that is if we can just notice anywhere inside where there is something that is moving, whether it's like there's an energy, oh, there's a flow moving from my feet up to my head or, oh, you know, like my heart's beating in rhythm or, oh, okay, yeah, I'm breathing. Like whatever we can notice where there's some sort of coherence, there's some sort of harmony or organization happening, even if it's really subtle, that actually amplifies the coherence in the system. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's, it's, it's almost like um, listening to a song and you're listening for the part in this. If there's many layers in the song, you're listening to the melody. You're yeah. listening to the melody that sort of has, has a, a continuation or a thread. And, and this is also really powerful when we do this for others. So I always marvel at, you know, they say in somatic experiencing, if you're attuning with somebody and there's lots of incoherence or lots of disorganization, if you can just tune into anything about them, that you notice like whether, oh, okay, they're really stressed, but oh, but their eyes have a softness or oh, but you know, they keep doing this sigh. <sighs> mm -hmm. and, and, and you just notice anything about them that is showing some sort of coherence that'll support you, first of all, to calm and, and, and your nervous system. And then it will also help their field um, to settle too. And um it's sort of this reminder there's always health in our system. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Love we, yeah. It reminds me of the law of attraction. Which yes. Place your mm. attention on you can cultivate more of. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. 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 And it has a yeah. chance and to um, show up more, mm -hmm. be noticed more. Yeah, well, in this whole thing where our nervous systems are so programmed to notice what's wrong mm -hmm. out of survival, there can be this propensity to really be honing in on what is out of what is out of harmony. Mm -hmm. <laughs> even if even if like 80% of us is in harmony, there will be this like, well, our focus will get pulled to the 20%. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, I get that yeah. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's like, it's like Courtney said, we're, we're unfortunately kind of programmed that way for survival. So it is like, literally, it is a practice that, that the more we kind of allow ourselves to weave it into our day to day, um, we have a better chance of changing that ratio. So, uh, so the health gets a chance to show up and and have the center stage yeah yeah what a combination hey of you know trauma and highly sensitive people and then they're always responding to what's out of attunement in their body <laughs> how they're not attuned or coherent yeah yeah it's um it certainly calls for uh self-compassion and uh, yeah. compassion for the other up and and in a way kind of um, you know wanting well yeah wanting to be heard too so when we were talking about attuning like what are we what are we attuning to when we suddenly are realizing that there's there's a earlier 
piece of the person's life that's now entering into the into the dynamic into the field like how do we mm-hmm. grant that little one that's like ah you know how do we grant that little one um uh, yeah an opportunity to also be attuned to mm-hmm. and I, well and this is i think what you're sorry sorry go ahead well i was I, I think what i realized just in saying that is that often i think at least in my experience we're often attuning to younger selves mm-hmm. of us mm-hmm. of each other mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. well and this is where it feels like attunement it, this is what's so magical about us is this capacity we actually have to attune to many parts of each other too, you know, like, it's like, okay, so here's Christina's adult self. And then, Oh, here's her three-year-old self. Yeah. And, oh, then they're like, you know, like, and it's actually kind of miraculous how we're the amount that our systems are, are able to take in yeah. about each other and to, um, to attune to that many of these things are all present at once, you know, and, and um yeah it sort of speaks to the beauty of of I mean when we think about what life is is like life when we're in nature man you stand in the woods and you're attuning to so many things all at once oh yeah it's like like a blade of grass there's a bug there's it's like so many it's like quite amazing the amount of information that our nervous systems can be can be receiving and feeling and and that it can be a really joyful experience. It doesn't always have to feel like a working, like a working state, you know, a state where I feel like I'm working at this. Sometimes that can feel tiring, but I think the more it gets practiced, it's like, it's more like what you described in the forest, whereas there's just this pleasurable intaking of, of information and, yeah, and, and then the holistic piece, you know, just yielding to, okay, what what really needs attention right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so glad you talked about the um, tracking for coherence because I was thinking about how um, in a craniosacral session, I'll invite uh, an opportunity to do a body scan, you know, at the beginning of the session, at the end of the session, So it's actually too, Rochelle, another way, like you were saying to, you know, to track and and to practice the naming, like, oh, I'm noticing, you know, my breath doing this, or I'm noticing, you know, my left leg feels heavier than my right leg, or there's just this kind Mm of, again, this cultivating of just an awareness that seems like it would be so easy to tap into but a lot of yeah a lot of people are not um invited into that um place Mm -hmm. of you know that space of tracking and i think it's a great morning practice it's something i learned from my somatic therapy and i just incorporate it every morning when i lay in bed and wake up just to do that body scan yeah good practice yeah mm-hmm. and it I, it's so effective like it's quick mm-hmm. it's actually really mm-hmm. quick mm-hmm. yeah well and what I always marvel at that practice is it really doesn't 
I mean, on some level it matters, but on a lot of ways, it doesn't really matter what I find when I do the scan. Mm -hmm. It's like just doing the scan and taking in what is. Absolutely. Yeah. I I feel like that action where Mm -hmm. we, we start to get comfortable with whatever. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Instead of being like, yeah, which is is so different from these ideas of what we've been taught about what socializing is, which is you say this and you do the right, like, you know, it's so different than the shoulds or these templates. This is how we relate. It's so much about letting go of all that and just being with what's here now together. Yeah. Maybe uh-huh. that's why like improv is so satisfying for some people, <laughs> right. you know, yeah, that's true. I mean, it's great yeah. to have a piece of music and to follow, you know, the, the score, but I think there's also something to be said about um, just being able to improvise and mm-hmm. in a way that that is kind of what we're doing when we're surrendering to attunement, we're just settling with whatever's going to show up. Like we're just kind of, greeting it and welcoming it and yeah yeah. it makes me think of what I'm hearing in my head is my women's group one of my favorite things um, that we do is like often we sing medicine songs and we have these songs we sing but it's there's this whole other thing that happens when we do this where we just open tone so what that means is is each woman can just make any sound she can sing any word she can do whatever, whatever comes out of her. And inevitably, it's like we all become delighted as it goes on because there's sort of this like this, this massive attunement that's happening, right? And so my sister makes this noise and it evokes something in me. And so I do something kind of like that, but different. And before you know it, you have this amazing masterpiece unfolding that you could never recreate again. That's right. Just emerging <laughs> in the moment. And I always think it's so beautiful to see the delight in everyone. There's a whole other level of delight that emerges that doesn't when we sing. And of course, there's different medicine to different things, but there's a delightfulness to it because I think it's this playfulness and this like, yes, emergence. There's an emergence from the moment. Yes. It's so, it's yeah. so special. It's like, it isn't like anything else. It's like you said, it is that creation, that moment. And it will never repeat itself because nothing will be the same as that. Mm, I love, this is what I love about attunement is it's life. Like this is life. Yeah. This is what we're, this it's is not what we're rehearsed <laughs> to experience. No, <laughs> Maybe that's why I didn't want to like prepare anything. It was just like, yeah, let's just go with it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I lost you guys for a minute. Yes. I don't know. Oh, I, I saw it. It. It, it, recording. it kept re- it's it recording. Kept, yep. Oh, did it? Oh, like, good. Oh, I'm so glad. It kept recording. So we, I, I Oh, I'm so glad because I, it keeps freezing and I'm missing and so I'm not talking as much because it's just freezing and then I'm missing parts, but it sounds amazing <laughs> so what I'm hearing. <laughs> I've been feeling that and I'm like, I'm like, it's funny how we're talking about attunement, but then the technology <laughs> is like this thing that's like creating a misattunement. And then it's like, we're getting to dance this dance of like attunement and miss it. And the role that oh, it is interesting. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> there can be the sound yeah. that goes out, there can be the image that goes out. And we can get pretty, yeah. um, people can get pretty stressed with that kind of situation. And I totally get it, especially if there needs to be a continuity about, you know, whatever's being discussed, but, um, or shared. But uh, to to even just be with that, Rochelle is 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 so great. It's such a perfect example. Yeah, yeah. opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it reminds me a lot of um, everything that you guys have been saying. Just to catch up the speed, it's like, wow, it helps me to notice so many places. You know, like in my intimate relationships, where it's hard for me because of the trauma that I've experienced to not you know, want things to be a certain way. Like, it's like trauma turns you into this, like, covering addict to control. Mm -hmm. or <laughs> Because the ability to just go with what's happening comes from that trust that I was talking about earlier that, you know, I work with parents because I know what it's like to not have that. So it's when you're working with people to say, hey, you know, I'm recognizing things from my own trauma patterns <laughs> that are happening in your need to control that yeah, I had to spend years to try to reverse and still working on. <laughs> it's just so fascinating how attunement, it probably comes so much easier to people who had that coherent start or had, have done a lot of work yeah. to repair. Mm -hmm. Well, I uh, think that's why it mm -hmm. is so important to practice the slowing down. Um, mm -hmm. And then to really acknowledge that needs needs exist it doesn't matter how old you are and I think that trauma history can try and silence that younger self who's who who's feeling somewhat ready to speak up for a need then might be hesitating um so to you know to be able to hold that space in a way that there isn't an expectation but there's certainly an invitation to to say what the need is in the moment and how about exploring whether we can meet that need right now and if we can't mm -hmm. then it's like i said before we're then starting to work a little bit of that maturation piece um you know i'm sorry i can't you know do that for you right now and then the accurate reflection can come in like oh i can see that that's disappointing to you that i can't do this for you right now um, but can I, you know, can I, how about I set a time for that or, you know, to, to follow up with an agreement and then to follow through what starts to develop is that trust, mm -hmm. you know, that the need, mm -hmm. the need will be met. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what I, what I feel like is so important about what you're saying, Christina, too, is just this, like, even just the slowing down to make space for this possibility um, often is such new information in people's fields. Oh yeah. You know, like, whoa, someone actually slowed down. Yes. You know, to even be curious about the possibility of a need here is like, can be hugely new information. Um, and, you know, and, and to just to normalize it, you know, I think of lots of the clients I've worked with and to some extent in my own, in my own, there's been a process of this, of like, um, 
just then the amount of that slowed downness that is needed for the person to really, for the needs to even start to emerge, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that, that can, the amount of slow da- slowing down and curiosity and, and tuning in for the person to even go through this. Okay. Now the needs can start to move or the, now the needs, and this is both for ourselves and what we're doing for ourselves. And that, but I know that can be exciting and scary at the same time, Yes, you know? Yes. It's yeah. true. I know. Yeah. I know to be in that and really to be in that place of, I don't know what my need is. And can I hang out in that place of like, okay, yeah, there's a need here, but I don't know what it is. And now I'm going to hang out in the, I don't know what it is. And it is going to emerge, but I need to give it space. Yeah. I need to give it space. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love being able to drop into that space. Oh, it just the word confusion too. Like with confusion, like that place of, because so often people will say, I'm feeling confused. And it's like, oh, good, because this is this place where something new can happen. Like there's a confusion because it's like, oh, something new is happening. There's like a curiosity that we can open to. Yeah. Well, and when you shared about um, someone being given the opportunity, you know, to have that space um, to feel someone slowing down for them and creating a space for them to even express a need might be foreign so that might Mm -hmm. even be confusing but it might Mm -hmm. also be just this like oh my god I don't even know if I've ever felt that before and someone Mm -hmm. can start to cry in Mm -hmm. that moment because they've never Mm -hmm. felt that there's ever been a space for them to speak up about a need so it becomes Mm. like when we get when when we get to slow things down oh my gosh the things that emerge are just these you know just these amazing nuggets of um healing and Mm -hmm. reconnecting to oneself and in that in that opportunity to reconnect with myself, I can connect better with somebody else. I just, the more I know how to connect with myself, the more I know how to connect with somebody else or not. Maybe mm-hmm. knowing is not the, the, the accurate word. Maybe it's more about attuning. <laughs> the more I tune, mm-hmm. the more I can attune. <laughs> oh. It's really yeah. this, repre- uh, oh, I have trouble sometimes with that word. It's reciprocal. There's this, you talked about that movement, like with um, the toning. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. How it's just this beautiful sort of gift giving that's just happening over and over and these layers and layers of receiving and, and offering, receiving and offering. Yeah. I, br- mm-hmm. I, I'm all, I feel my breath shifting just talking about that Mm -hmm. I know I'm sort of feeling I'm noticing all these feelings in my body like feeling both of you in your delight and I feeling that we've got this kind of delightful energy this like excitement and we've all got smiles on our faces and it feels very enlivening (laughs) in my body 
I can feel it yes. in my body too. Yeah. It's a nice feeling. There's warmth in there too. Do you guys feel that in your spine a little bit? Kind of a warm sort of fountain running up and down the spine. Yeah. My cheeks feel rosy. Yeah. <laughs> my cheeks feel my cheeks are rosy. I can see that. <laughs> I feel it in my tailbone. I can feel heat in my tailbone. <laughs> I feel that too. I feel that too. That yeah. Oh. And here's just the other mm. interesting thing about attunement is I have been um, experiencing doing online courses where some of it is live, like we're tuning in the moment, and some of it is recorded. And I have been fascinated by an like attunement that can literally happen like across time. So it makes me curiosity, like as someone's listening to this podcast, what is evoked in their body, you know, obviously not in this moment, but in a future moment, and how they can then attune to this field here now. And this is where technology is really interesting, because it's making us aware of attunement across time and across space, which is really fascinating. Yeah, I really believe that that's possible. I've experienced that. Well, what you were describing made me have this image of um, this uh, song um, at a Waldorf conference that I, I used to go to a lot of the um, early childhood conferences. And um, actually, a friend of mine was teaching this song. And there was also a gesture with the song. She brought this beautiful basket of stones and we each had to place a stone in our hand. And then um, as we sang the song, we had this beat that we'd follow. So um, you're passing the stone, you're, you're putting the stone into the other person's hand and then your other hand is receiving the stone from the person next to you in the circle. Mm. And um, oh, it's just you know, this traveling through time of someone else being able to pick up what's recorded or what's happening in, you know, live. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, it feels suddenly more organic, <laughs> which is really, um, feels good to tap into that. Cause sometimes I think we just, well, I have a tendency to feel sometimes like technology sort of takes away from our humanity, mm -hmm. but um, it's not. It's it's helping so much to mm -hmm. to pass these gifts around and for people to receive them when they're ready to. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love the, the the words you just said, and with that image of passing, yeah, passing these gifts around. Beautiful. Yeah. I wish I could remember the song. <laughs> and of course, you know, what you were describing, the difference between singing alone and singing as a group. You've got the stones being passed, the voices being shared. It's, it's really profound. Yeah. Feeling this energy of like 
like and this is a fascinating thing whenever we do these podcasts there's often this like kind of pause that comes and it's almost like almost like this signaling of like oh we're coming to a close or the circle is you know sort of this natural pause that happens and I think that's fascinating (laughs) yeah Uh uh-huh the rhythm of the conversation or something yeah Mm mm-hmm